Amen. Well, you can go ahead and grab your seat. Again, my name is Justin. Amen. It is good to be with you this morning. I'm grateful for you guys and just grateful for the opportunity we have to worship together through song and now open up God's word. So before we do that, uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the gift of grace it is to gather together today, this morning on this particular Sunday, in your providence, seeing fit for all of us to be here. And God, I pray that as we open your word, that you would bless us and bless our time in your word. I pray, God, that you would give us, by the power of your spirit, ears to hear and eyes to see. And it would be for our good and for your glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. We're nine days in to 2022. Uh, And even though there are a lot of things going on in our world right now, a lot of things probably going on in your life right now, I hope that so far the year has been uh, good for you. This last week has been good for you. You know, there's nothing magical that happens when the clock changes from 11.59 to midnight and the calendar changes from December 31st to January 1st, year in and year out. But I think a lot of times we find ourselves thinking, at least at some level, about new rhythms and new routines in our lives. Maybe you talked about this a bit last week. I mean, there's nothing really magical in that moment, but dates and times matter in our lives. They're markers for us to think about what we're doing and what's happening. We order our lives around time. And so with the start of a new year, it's normal to be surrounded by resolutions or personal goals that we hope to be achieved in the next 365 days, or at least attempt to see them achieved. Maybe things like new gym memberships, those always spike at this time of the year. New diets are started, new Bible reading plans are put into action, new time management goals are set. And none of those things in and of themselves are bad things. But sometimes when we start a year, we can start to believe a common promise that's made to us by the world. And that is that if you just start this new thing, at the start of this new year, then you can become a new you. It's all you have to do. Just do this this time and it'll all come together for you. Maybe in the midst of struggles in your own life, when you're struggling with who you are or aspiring to be something more, I mean, who doesn't want an improved version of you or me? I I think that might be especially true for us right now. I mean, it's been a hard few years. It's been hard for lots of different reasons. Like I said, lots of things going on in our world, lots of things going on in our own lives. And I don't know about you, but when that happens in my life, I can find myself discouraged or distracted or just disenchanted with life. And when that happens, there's so many things vying for our attention that we start to get pulled all over the place. So many messages coming at us, inundating us over and over again. And we can find ourselves being tossed to and fro as we seek to find our footing in an unstable world. And what happens is in, in the midst of that, we can find ourselves, when we're trying to look for stability, trying to look for certainty, and we think, man, if I could just achieve something in my life, if I can just find a new or better version of myself, then I'll be okay. Then I'll have some peace. So today, what I want to do is I want to spend some time talking about the new you, but not in the way that the world talks about it or promises you, but in what God's word already says about you. Because the reality is, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, who he is and what he's done for you, there is already a new you. There's already a new you apart from any personal resolutions you've made this year or goals you've set in front of you. A new you that can give you peace, 
can give you stability in the midst of both the mundane and the maddening moments of life. And listen, if you don't call yourself a follower of Jesus, I'm glad you're here. God brought you to be here this morning, and I hope that you'll be encouraged as well, because this is for you also. Not in the sense that this is already true for you, but it's my hope that 2022 will mark this as a new reality for your own life. So no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey, my hope for you today is that you'll leave encouraged. You'll leave encouraged as you seek to root yourself, not in fads, not in fleeting attempts at self-improvement, but in the sure and steady truth of who you are or who you can be in Christ. So with that, let's open up God's word this morning. May he bless the preaching of his word. We're going to be in the book of Colossians this morning. Colossians chapter 3. This is one of my favorite books of the Bible. If you haven't read it in a while, I'd encourage you to take some time this year to read it. Colossians chapter 3 might be my, one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. It's rich in truth of God's grace and encouragement. It's been a help for me in my journey with Jesus. If you haven't read that part in a while, take some time to digest it, to walk through it. I don't have time to walk through the whole chapter today. We're actually only going to be in the first four verses, but I hope this will be encouraging to us as we dive in. So let me go ahead and read our text for us this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul is the author, and this is what he says to us. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Within these verses, Paul gives us a vision for our lives. A vision for our lives that can have a, a profound impact if we would see these not just as words on a piece of paper, but as fuel and food for our souls as we move forward in the midst of the messy world our, we find ourselves in. And here it is. Here's this vision for our life. The new you is rooted in your union with Christ, in your union with Jesus. The new you is rooted in your union with Jesus. So let's unpack that a bit. Make sure we understand what mean by that? To make sure that we get what Paul's saying here in these few verses in chapter 3, we really need to go back a bit into Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul is reminding the Colossians that Jesus died, and because he died, he canceled the debt that we owe for our sin and our rebellion. We've all rebelled against God. We've sought to go our own way, asserting ourselves as the own master of our own lives. And the consequence for that is death and separation from God. We stand rightly condemned before him because of our rebellion. But Jesus went to a cross for us. And because of that, it sets us free from the condemnation for our sin. Jesus took on the penalty that you deserve, that I deserve. He paid it all because it would take you an eternity to do that on your own. But the Colossians are tempted, maybe you are also, to still find their hope of rescue, to find their hope of restoration and redemption in doing spiritual things. Still tempted to work their way to God. And you and I can be tempted to do the same thing. And so in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul's declaring, remember, when Jesus died, you died with him. And if you died with him, you don't have to do anything. You can't to earn your way back to God. It's already done. Jesus says it is finished. 
But what Paul wants to do here in Colossians 3, and what we need to be reminded of in our own life, is that Jesus is still not dead. Jesus is still not dead. So then, we don't just identify with Jesus in his death, but also in his resurrection. It's not just a nice idea. It's essential for you to grasp if you're going to embrace this, if you're going to live out this reality of the new you here and now. So Paul says, if then you have been raised with Christ. If then you've been raised with Christ. See, a core tenet of the gospel, the good news, is not only that Jesus lived a perfect life, not only that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, but that Jesus rose from the grave in victory. And when Jesus rose from the grave, he defeated sin and death. We also were raised with him. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, a similar idea here. Romans chapter 6, verse 5, he says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. You know, it's difficult if we take two pieces of metal and try to glue them together. Or just put some pieces of tape, some adhesive, to try and keep two pieces of metal to stick to one another. But when you heat up those two pieces of metal, you can fuse them together as the melted parts actually come together as one. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus, and who he is and what he's done, you aren't haphazardly connected to Jesus. As if it could be easily torn apart. You're not Velcroed to Jesus. right? You can, you can tear Velcro apart. No, you are united to Jesus. You are stuck to him. You are fused together, never to be separated. Everything that is his is yours. And that shapes everything about who you are now. That's what we mean when we talk about union with Jesus, union in Christ. And Paul and Many of the authors of the New Testament talk about that idea over and over and over again. Anytime you see the phrase in Christ or Christ in you, it's talking about this idea that you are fused together with him and it shapes you now. And what that means is, is your relationship with God is that as God looks to you now, he doesn't see your unrighteousness. He doesn't see your rebellion When God the Father looks at you now, he sees the righteousness of Christ. You are clothed in Jesus' righteousness, his perfection, and his holiness. So we have to understand something. The rebel, the one who's sought to go their own way, which is all of us, is remanded to be removed from the presence of God. We can't stand in relationship with God in our unholiness. But when the reality of the gospel comes to bear on your life, the rebel is redeemed by grace and restored to the presence of God. He is made new. She is made new. So Paul's trying to help us here. He's trying to help us see something, to believe something for our own lives. He's saying, if this is true for you, if you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, not in yourself, not in the world, then you are resurrected with him now. You you have new life in him now. You are made new now. That is who you are. The new you is already here. And if that's true for you, then Paul's calling us to an action that goes along with this new reality. Look at verses one and two again. If then you have been raised with Christ... This is your identity, this union with Jesus. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. See, Paul is not telling you what you must do in order to be united to Jesus. He's telling you what you can do because you are united to him, because you've been raised with him. It's finished, Jesus says. Redemption has been accomplished for you, and now Jesus is ruling and reigning in glory. So Paul's saying, then fix your thoughts on him. Set your minds on him. Focus on heavenly things, kingdom things, instead of earthly things. Why? Well, Paul drives this point home in verse 3. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Listen, if this is who you are in Christ, if you've placed your faith in him, this is who you are now, your old self, the one that was focused on self. It's dead and it's gone. It's been crucified with him. What that means is you're not captive to those old desires anymore, those old longings anymore. Romans 6, again, chapter, or verse 14 says, for you are not under law but under grace. You're no longer captive to sin. It doesn't control you anymore because that's not who you are anymore. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, which is now yours, there is life and there is freedom. Because your true self, your true life, this new life, your resurrected life, your eternal life, it's hidden, it's secure, it's locked down with Christ in God. With the one who's seated on the throne, the risen king who is sure and steady, unchanging and eternal. It's a life that is not earned by your effort. It wasn't bought by your good behavior It was given to you by grace, radical grace, not because you deserved it, but because God in his loving kindness sought to seek to rescue you and redeem you. Brothers and sisters, the gospel transforms everything for you, everything. It fundamentally and foundationally shifts the focus of your life and your identity. It's not a ticket to heaven to punch that you can turn in later when you need it. It affects your life right here and now. You are one with Jesus now. So then, Paul's saying, look to him. Set your gaze on him. Focus your mind on him. But see, I think the problem for a lot of us is that we often, in the midst of life, can forget who we are. And we forget whose we are. we, We find ourselves either ignoring it or acting like it isn't true. I mean, our world is constantly preaching to us. Like I said at the beginning, you have messages being just coming at you left and right, all over the place, telling you where to find your hope, telling you where to find life. And when you forget who you are in Christ, it gets confusing. You can be distracted or drawn away to earthly things, things that are temporary, things that are fleeting. Maybe it's your finances or your grades or relationships at home or Relationships at work or significant others, it's entertainment, social media, material things, what you have or what you hope to have, or maybe health. And in your distraction, it's easy to strive to find your hope, to find your life in those fleeting things that our world offers to us. Or we start to despair when those things fail or seem out of reach. You know, our old self, it doesn't hold power anymore. Man, it sure tries to reassert itself, doesn't it? I've been thinking about this a lot recently just in my own life. It's so easy for me to get distracted by the things of this earth, to look for temporary comfort and temporary ease in my own life, to try and find joy in ultimately joyless things. And when I get distracted, 
When I forget who I am, it's easy to get tangled up in sin and walk on roads of rebellion instead of the good ways of King Jesus. I can start looking for shortcuts to find freedom, shortcuts to find myself. Can any of you guys relate to that? But the reality is, and what Paul's reminding us of, calling us to, is to remember, to remember, to root ourselves, to not ignore what is most fundamentally true right now in Christ. You have been and are being made new. You have been and you are being made new. See, setting your mind and focus on things above instead of things on earth doesn't mean you ignore the things of this life. Jesus cares about the details of your life. He's involved in the details of your life. What it means is, is that they're not the goal of your life. They don't define you. And I think some of you need to be reminded of that this morning. That the earthly things of this life, your job, your career, your family, your finances, those things do not define you. They only serve to glorify God in you and through you. So do you want a new you in 2022? Find it in who you are in Christ. Find it in who you are in Christ. And this year, I want all of us to live in and rest in the reality of this new creation we already have in him. You're not complete yet, but God also isn't done with you yet. We live in this tension. We have our new self, and we still wrestle with the old self. And so we have this tension as we seek to follow Christ, but find ourselves tempted to disobey him. What can help you navigate that tension, what can help you move toward glory, is this truth that the new you is rooted in your union with God. Jesus. And if you haven't yet placed your faith in him, following Christ, I long for that to be your reality, that you would start this year by putting your trust in Jesus, not for my sake, but for the sake of your own soul. And Jesus and Jesus alone is your life, your joy, your hope, your freedom. If you don't know him, turn to him today. Listen, when you focus your mind and your heart on your redeemer, it pulls you back and it pulls you up. It calms the, the clatter and the crash of life. It puts things in perspective. That's what Paul's getting at in verse four. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And Jesus has come, and he will come again. And we can have that hope, we can put things in perspective that this life is temporary, but we have an eternal one. And we have a king of glory who will come. And when we see him, it will be complete and finished. We'll be like him and with him in glory. So Paul says, because of all of that, everything else that you do in this life is rooted in that reality. In fact, everything else he says in Colossians chapter 3 flows from these verses. He goes on to talk about fighting against sin. He goes on to talk about life and community. He goes on to talk about marriage, to talk about work. All of it flows out of these verses right here, this truth right here. If then you've been raised with Christ. Brothers and sisters, your union with Jesus in his death, in his resurrection is critical to your life now because who you are in him is the means of battling against sin, battling against distraction and complacency and apathy and loneliness. You know, sometimes I think we can get so focused on that thing, that earthly thing, or whatever it is we're fighting against. It's like if I take this water bottle, I'm like, I don't want to do that this year. I don't want to care about that. I don't want to focus on that. So I'm going to keep my eyes on it to make sure that I doesn't get too close. I don't get too close to it. I'm going to make sure it's at an arm's length from me. 
when I do that, I forget about the greatness of my Savior instead of shifting my gaze away from the temporary things of this earth to the greatness of my God. And when I shift my focus to him, when I set my gaze on him, that starts to fade into the background of my life. What hope, what joy, what victory is already yours in Jesus. So even as you struggle this year with temptation, and at times you succumb to sin, when you struggle with apathy and a lack of joy, hear me, it does not change what is most true about you. It doesn't change what is most true about you, that your life is hidden with Christ in God. It doesn't change the truth that Jesus and Jesus alone is your life. So when those times come, and they will, don't despair. Look once again to the one who lived and died and rose again for you. And help one another to do the same thing. We are not called to live life as disconnected individuals. We're called into community with one another. We need one another to be reminded of these truths. To help one another remember who we are in Christ. Remember that the new you has already been accomplished in and through Jesus. So help one another to remember this. And the absolute best way for you to do that this year is just to dive in and devour God's word. Not out of duty, but out of delight. It's like what you heard last week, that you would sit at the feet of Jesus this year. That you would look for him in his word. That you'd see the greatness of Christ in his word and be reminded over and over again of who you are and whose you are. God is for you, not against you. The new you is made possible not because of your hard work or your discipline. It was made possible because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died and rose again. So if your faith is in Jesus, you're already counted righteous because your life is in Christ and with Christ. It's hidden in him. What peace we already have. Listen, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. Maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. This year is not a year to prove yourself to anyone. What we have the opportunity to do is to get to prove, to get to show the wonders of his love and grace and glory to the world. That once you were dead, but now you're alive. Once you were blind, but now you can see. May God be glorified in you and through you this year. Listen, I want to do something a little bit different now before we have our last couple of songs this morning. It's not something we do on a regular basis. You guys do on a regular basis. We do on a regular basis at our church. I want to give you some time to, to process and pray in this moment. Because I don't know about you, but I, I can gather with the church and be encouraged and take some notes and think on some things and then things wrap up and I go about my day and it's in the back of my mind at best. I forget about it. I move on thinking about what's for lunch, thinking about what I have to do this week. So before we rush off into this week, I just want you to take a few moments now to process, to pray, to begin to think about how does this impact my life. So we're going to take about three to five minutes. I want you just to sit where you're at this morning and just honestly evaluate where you're at today. Think and pray on what you, how you hope to see the truth of Colossians 3, 1 through 4 lived out in your life this year. Maybe write out a prayer. Maybe write out a renewed thought. If you've ever done this before, renewed thought is the idea of, I want to think rightly about what God says about me already, as if it's already true. Here's an example of a renewed thought based off this text. I am raised with Christ, therefore I seek him, setting my mind on things above, not on things of this earth, for I have died and my life is hidden with Christ and God. He is my life and one day I will be with him in glory. That's true for you. Does your mind believe it? Does your heart believe it? 
write it down, remember it, pray it, share it with others. In this time, think about someone else you can encourage with the truth of this text. And if you haven't yet believed, use this time now maybe to confess your need for Jesus. And I'm gonna come back up. The band's gonna play a bit of music in the background for you just to do that. I'll come back up and close our time out before we end in singing together. So take a few moments. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Friends, if you are in Christ, you've already been made new and God and his grace is continuing to work out that newness in you. So as you begin 2022, rest in his grace. Fix your eyes on your risen king who came to us as one of us to rescue us and who will come again to make all things new. Let's pray. Oh, holy God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for rescuing us. We thank you for your transforming grace. God, thank you for union with Jesus, that you don't leave us to ourselves, but you unite us together with him. God, I pray that you would help all of us to root ourselves in that reality this year, to root ourselves in Jesus this year. Help us to fix our eyes on him, the one who has come and the one who will come again. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.